We at Global Nomad Hacks are peace heroes. By playing Peace and Harmony program during this episode, we help create one million pockets of peace by dissolving stress and tension. To be your own peace hero and get your own copy, go to peaceandharmonydownload.com. Welcome back to Global Nomad Hacks. And now we're entering 2021. This is a really exciting time for us. And with this, a lot of really cool things are happening, including someone that is going to be joining me as a co-host and has been supporting me over the last several months in really getting Global Nomad Hacks going. So I want you to get to know her better too. I would like to introduce to you formally Alden Forbes, who is also my niece, but more importantly, she is just a super amazing, wonderful global nomad herself. Welcome, Alden. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. You know what? This is going to be a really fun year. And for so many reasons, we've all been cooped up for, you know, what feels like over a year. It probably hasn't been at this point. But, you know, life as we knew it has changed. And yet we launched this podcast in the middle of all of this. We launched a podcast that was about being a global citizen, that was about the future of work, it was about all of these different things that are changing in our lives. And now they're starting to sort of gel and settle. And I just felt that it was really important to bring in your voice, to bring in, you know, a Gen Z voice, but someone that really understands how this is, you know, who walks the talk and this. And so I'm really excited to have you join us on the show and maybe even be doing some interviews as we go along. And but so folks who, who have not, you were one of our first interviews for Global Nomad Hacks because you had just come back from a, I think it was a, was it a semester or a year? And it was a semester. A gap year. A gap, a full gap year mm-hmm. of doing incredible things all over the world. And, you know, that was great in the context of what we are talking about on Global Nomad Hacks. There's you know, so many different things, both generationally and because of last year uh, in 2020, what happened is we saw that a lot of even people from my generation are saying, hey, I want to take a gap year. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? Like, you don't necessarily have to be a student to take a gap year. And then, of course, it's called a sabbatical, not a gap year. But it's still, you know, whatever. We're all sort of working through this. What does it mean? And how do we move through that? And what are the things that we need to take into account when we decide to take on these adventures or lifestyle, in it, which is really what we're doing? To give a little context, can you share a little bit uh, for those who haven't heard your episode yet? Now, of course, I advise every, everyone to go back and listen to your original episode, but sort of some of your biggest takeaways from sort of, you know, you moved from a gap year where you were free and traveling to quarantine and Mm -hmm. a year of pandemic, and yet you were still able to hit the road a little bit. Can you tell a little bit about your story so people know who is Alden? Yeah, so my gap year was filled with complete nomadic travel. I started in Asia and moved through, I believe, six, six countries in Asia, staying for different periods of time and doing various things, whether I was working on farms or helping their kids. I was doing very different things in each place, which was unique. And then I went to spend the next five months in South America. And it was very much the same complete nomadic travel. So to be on the go 24 seven 
And then to come back and I was home for the summer before my freshman year of college and then went to, I go to Brown. I went to Brown for a semester and then was completely locked down. So it was interesting to have this momentum going of, you know, I was never in one place for a long time, really, until until quarantine. And so then, of course, I had to try to say, you know, how can I use the skills that I was building up this whole past year on my gap year and in college? And how can I use those skills to still to be able to learn from life while I'm stationary and at home and sort of having this whole putting a pause on everything that I've been doing. And so I'm really I feel really lucky that I was able to have this year of travel right before the world shut down. And for many reasons, but one of them is because it helped me completely build the skills to be able to be okay with being quarantined or or be able to get out in the safest way possible. And yeah, so that was it was a great opportunity for me at a young age to be able to do that. And it can happen at any age. You know, my parents have both said, how can we do this? And, and especially, you know, launching a podcast about world travel in the middle of a pandemic seems irrelevant because you can't really be completely nomadic or travel internationally. And yet at the same time, it was a very relevant time for me to do it because the world stopped. And so you could work from wherever. And so it, the pandemic, in a sense, as much as it gave people very little options, in some ways, it was a reason to get up and leave or to, I, for example, drove across the country because you couldn't fly. And so that was a whole new experience for me. And so, and, and so it, COVID sort of gave me this time to pause and reflect on how I can sort of rebuild what I had already been doing. I love that. And I think, you know, one thing that's really important for all of us to remember is, and uh, a lot of those who've been following our global nomad road trip across the country will also recognize that one of the things that a lot of us global nomads have in common is that we love to experience new cultures. We love to experience things and get new perspectives. And some of it is also just experiencing where we're from with a traveler's mindset, mm-hmm. with, you know, with the nomad mindset to be able to say like, wow, you know, there's so many things to offer within the space that we're already from. I think, you know, one of the things that was so fun to watch with your adventures is sort of where did you choose to go? I mean, what were mm-hmm. the things that you found and how did you make it work, you know, as a nomad? Because a lot of us have this mindset of, okay, well, you know, I'll book an Airbnb or I've got to rent a house for a month or, a, you know, or I've got to stay in a hotel. And, you know, I think both of us had very similar experiences because we we're in pandemic mode of, sleep in the car. How do I make mm-hmm. that work? What's, you know, what's the most comfortable and the safest way to control my environment and still get out and experience the world that I'm in? What were some of your favorite things that you saw in the U.S.? Because I think that's something we all always forget about too is, you know, the U.S. is huge and there's so mm-hmm. many different things to see and cultures to see and places to go. What were some of your favorites? Well, I spent a lot of time in Joshua Tree National Park. I was um, working on a farm there through Workaway for a while. Workaway is a, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a website where you can basically trade your labor in exchange for a place to stay and free food often. And so it's a great way for people, especially college students like me who don't necessarily have the funds to go 
go rent a house in Joshua Tree for a couple of months, but can learn how to do farm work and therefore eat for free and stay for free in a trailer. And so I've found that a really great way to get out without having to, you know, in, in COVID, I couldn't work all the time. And so therefore I had to come up with creative ways to, to be able to support myself while traveling. But anyway, so Joshua Tree was one of my favorite places. I was there for a little over a month and I was always finding new places in the desert. And it was such an expansive place. And yet you could get lost in there so easily, which I did many times, just because, you know, you're walking for miles on sand and you see a rock and then you have to turn around and you're like, hmm, I wonder if I've seen that rock before, or am I going in a completely different direction than I should be? So it was fun for me to actually try and get lost in Joshua Tree. That was something that I did a couple of times, just sort of wander and wonder what the next thing I was going to see would be. And so that was an, a fun way for me to find, even while being stationary, to find new and exciting things about the place that I was in. And I, I did a lot of camping all across the country. So I really, I loved Arizona. I spent a lot of time, I had never been. And so I spent some time in Sedona, right outside of Sedona and slept in my car with a friend and did tons of hiking. And, and one thing that was so interesting is that I drove to Sedona from Joshua Tree and it was, I think, eight hours. And to be able to go from completely unique desert lands to amazing rock sculptures and clay and completely different natural resources that they have in these two different places was so interesting. And something that's so unique to driving from place to place, because you really get a sense of, you know, how long it takes you to get there and what's in between. And so Arizona has these amazing rock sculptures and Joshua Tree has these crazy desert cacti and what's in between all of that. And how have we as Americans built highways across these, this expansive land? And so it was a really interesting way for me to understand and connect with the natural world while using highways and understanding at the same time how humans have impacted the natural world. And so driving across the country was really unique in that way. Absolutely. And I, and I agree with you entirely. And the, the, the Southwest is one of the most profound places. I would say the West in general. I mean, that just anywhere along the continental divide, and then you can go you know, sort of eight hours in each direction. And it's just you know, if you're into nature, it's very profound. And I have a very mm -hmm. funny story to share with you, and you'll appreciate this, and hopefully others will too, generationally. When I was in college studying at, at uh, UC Boulder, and my mother, your grandmother, and I were, she was out visiting, and we were driving up to the Continental Divide to go skiing or something. And of course, her, you know, her first thing was, imagine coming upon this in a covered wagon. And it was just, it <laughs> completely changed my perspective on what mm -hmm. I was seeing. And, you know, we were driving through, you know, which at that time we thought was a highway. Now there's a much better highway, but I mean, mm -hmm. it was these winding roads, but it was a physical road that was already in place. And just getting that perspective of time and what it takes to move people and, you know, sort of the movement and evolution of, you know, migration and where people go and how 
you know, what it takes to make that happen and how it impacts the landscape and all of that is really fascinating. And I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of that now driven by natural resources like challenges around water and mm-hmm. all of that. And, and I think that it's a really interesting time to be able to, to experience that ourselves and, you know, and to learn a little bit through both ancient history and through modern history it's a great way to learn from our environment. And Absolutely. so I think there's, you know, as global nomads, there's so much that we can learn about cultures, but also about the land. And I think that's something that, that we want to explore more through the stories of our guests and through, you know, through our own experiences. And I'm really excited to share some of that with you and to also get some of the, you know, learn from some of the guests that you find that Mm -hmm. will also, you know, that you come across. And, you know, as nomads, we meet such interesting people along our path. And and I think that's part of the fun and the joy of this show. In the last year, we've had so many great guests. And some of them, most of them have been people that have, you know, I have met along the road that have just been, been influential in some of their ideas or in some of whatever they're providing as a resource two global nomads. I think about Lisa Mitchell. She's phenomenal. We actually just did a a rerun of her episode to kick off 2021 because it's just so important for us to understand, you know, how our finances are impacted, not just in the cost of things, but what does it mean when you move to a different country in terms of how do you open up a bank account? How do you get Mm -hmm. money transferred? How do you, you know, how do you manage your savings? Where do you pay taxes? All of these different things are so critical for us to understand in order to have that fluidity of movement. I mean, you've done some great things that were, that a lot of them were, you know, for room and board. But what if you are making money in a different country? What does that mean? And how do you make that work? And how do you do it legally so you don't get yourself in trouble Mm -hmm. as you're, you know, and whether you need permits to be able to work? All of these different things are so important for us to understand, both for ourselves and also for cross-generationally. So, you know, if a lot of our listeners are, they're sort of that sandwich generation where you have, you know, your, your, your parents may be in one country or they may be with you or you may have moved to be with your parents and then your kids may be studying in a different country or they may be wanting to. And what does that mean? And, and how, or they may have two different passports. What does that mean in terms of their access to employment? What does that mean in terms of where they should be filing their taxes, all of those different things that don't sound like that much fun, but they're really important for us to have conversations about, right? So I think, you know, it's going to be a really exciting year to bring in more stories like that that are just real stories from real people and the resources that help us in our journey to give us that fluidity. You've got a really exciting trip coming up, which is so cool. And I'm so glad that, of course, thanks to the internet and connectivity and a little bit of thanks to the pandemic because it's forced greater connectivity everywhere so that everybody can be connected. Can you tell us a little bit about the background first of sort of how you guys chose this place, but sort of, you know, what your plans are in the next coming months? Yeah. So when I, when I was younger, my parents traveled to this island. It's in the West Indies, very tiny island called Dominica, and they fell in love with it. They, there's so much hiking and untouched nature, essentially. And it's really a perfect example of an, an undeveloped place that hasn't been t- 
touched and in a lot of cases ruined by the tourist industry. And so Dominica, especially when we started going, I, I think I was six years old when we started going. And it was, you know, we were the only Americans most of these people had ever met. And simultaneously, we, we made all of these incredible connections because, because of that. And because people were curious and we were curious about how they lived their lives. And, and my sister and I actually went to school there. So we were able to meet these really amazing friends that we're still in touch with. And, and we played on the beach with them every night. And there was this deep connection between the people there and us, and which made it available for us to go back during a pandemic. And so now we're heading off. Um, my family is coming with me for a month and a half, and then I'm actually staying there to work remotely. And I'm also hoping to do some work in my old school just with organizing their library. So I think. I mean, this is just the perfect opportunity for me to be safe in the midst of a pandemic while still having this global experience and maintaining the connections that I've made, that I made as a little kid and that I've kept up. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to go back. I, I can't wait to hear and, and to talk to you from there. And I think you're understating the impact that you guys had there. I mean, you really that library that you're talking about, mm -hmm. I would imagine. I, I, did the library survive the hurricane or is, is this a new library? Good question. So for a little background, my family, when I was younger, my friends that I made there, who I went to school with, who I played with all the time, didn't have books. And I noticed this because they were always so curious about my books. And I started giving them my books as I left. And, and when I was there, and I would read them and give them to them and the next year we would come back and they would be reading the same books over and over and over. And they would all be sharing them. Our village sort of started this book share. And then when, as we started getting older in the school there, we noticed, you know, the school doesn't, the school doesn't have any books. And so we started essentially building this library for them. Uh, we noticed they had a spare room and we would just start leaving our books with the school so that, all of the kids would have access to them. And later we started actually bringing over suitcases of books and later shipping barrels of books to the library. And the Peace Corps took over this project when we left as my sister and I got too old to be able to spend an extended period of time there each year. But so now there is this library in the school and this woman, one of our friends, who is from Canada, she started a library in response to our library in the school. She started a library in our village. So it's becoming the education is becoming much more available and emphasized now. And I'm noticing a shift in the way that my friends are going about their lives, especially in comparison to a lot of their siblings. And yes, the library did survive the hurricane. Hurricane Maria hit Dominica a couple of years ago and really did a lot of damage, but the library still stands. And so I'm hoping to go back and do some work there. Oh, that's super exciting. And what a great legacy that you guys really left there or have, have continued to, to work with there. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that's a whole nother 
piece that I think we can go more into this year is really, you know, how to have little impact on a negative way and a and mm-hmm. good impact um, when we do go visit new places, recognizing where there may be opportunities for for helping, for sharing, but really enhancing the space rather than turning it into a tourist trap, which, you know, that's nobody needs that. There's there's plenty Absolutely. of those. So I think that's something I would really love to emphasize on this show even more is sort of the the background of privilege that a lot of global nomads, myself included, have and and how we can use that to help instead of hurt and and understanding our impact and and yeah, and, and how we can work with a community instead of sort of making a, a mark in a negative way. Absolutely. So I, I think, you know, this year is going to be really exciting. And I, I know uh, I've already got a few people in the queue. I'm not going to tell you who they are yet because I want to make sure that they're all confirmed and that there's going to be others as well. But we're going to be covering all kinds of different topics on the on Global Nomads. And uh, as we know, you know, 2021 is evolving. We're not quite sure when we're going to be able to have the fluidity of travel but we do know that a lot of people are starting to put together some ideas and they're recognizing that the future of workplace is really changing. And so I think that's something that we're really going to emphasize this year is the, f- the future of workplace and what that means, whether you're mm-hmm. a digital nomad or whether you're a global nomad, whether you're an independent contractor or you've just your company has said you don't have to show up and physically at work anymore. You can work from anywhere. What does that mean? And and how do you make that work for you? And really living that and being authentic to it and also respecting the spaces that we do choose. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for great conversations. And we've really, we've had some wonderful people reach out to us that are doing great things for Global Nomads. So we'll be sharing those. And I'm really excited that Alden and I have been working together to put together a hack space on our Global Nomads site, Global Nomad Hacks. Uh, dot com slash hacks and there's going to be all kinds of great resources there also from all of our guests any of our guests the programs and services that they provide a lot of them will be have special offers that are made available for our audience and there's also a, a lot of other organizations that we've aligned with and you know to be totally clear you know some of them are through affiliate programs where it's really win-win they give some kind of a discount for our guests and we get they help us support the show by providing us a certain amount when people use our link so just to be totally transparent but it's really about being win-win where you know we are very selective about the things that we choose to put in there in hacks not all of them are income providing for us some of them we just feel that they're really important to share and they're great resources so but do go check that out, and that site will be growing more and more as we come across different things that we think serve the Global Nomads community, but it's definitely worth taking a look at. The other place that I really want to make sure that we share with you that's going to be very exciting is Podopolo, and Alden's been really great in helping me get this set up. It's a new platform for podcasts that really helps us engage with our listeners, and that would be you. So Alden, could you share a little bit about what Podopolo is and sort of, you know, what's happening there? It's an awesome podcast platform that allows for a lot of interaction 
And so you can interact with other podcast listeners and understand what they're listening to, to get really fun ideas and inspiration. And I think it's going to be an awesome place to not only have a podcast on, but also to be listening to other podcasts on. And yeah, it's been a really fun project to be working on and I highly recommend it. I'm really excited for all of the things it's going to have to offer. Awesome. And for those of you who have, you know, who haven't heard about Podopolo, we do have an episode coming up soon with the founder of Podopolo. There's, she'll be talking much more about what came behind that. She's been doing podcasts for years. She was a, a report, traditional reporter and then moved into podcasting and, and really just has a, a good understanding about sort of where we're moving in terms of, you know, broadcast media is changing. There's an opportunity to have this two-dimensional conversation or really three-dimensional conversation in much a much different way and maybe even connect with people in live experiences. And hopefully when, you know, when the, the walls lift and we are able to move about again, who knows, maybe 2022 will be a, an opportunity for us to all to get together physically and to put together a fun event. But as we're moving into 2021, we really want to look at how do we serve you better? And Podopolo is a great opportunity for you to give us that feedback. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what kind of guests, if, you're, if you think you'd be a great guest, if you think you have something to offer this audience, let us know. We want to hear from you. And, uh, you know, you can go to the globalnomadhacks.com site and there is a contact form there, or you can just do it through the Podopolo platform. But there's a lot of really great opportunities for us to not just be a mouthpiece for you, but also to do some of that research and, and help you find the good resources. Alden, you've been really great in pulling up some of the, um, the previous episodes and getting them all live and finding images. And I know one of your favorites was Victoria Vivas, Kwong, and we, uh, we just actually redid, what do you call it, rebroadcasted her episode because it was one of our favorites of 2020. What are some of the things, some of the highlights that you experienced from the, the 2020 episodes of Global Nomad Hacks? Great question. I am lucky enough that part of my job is to listen to all of the episodes. And there were so many amazing stories. And what I love so much about this last season is that they were all accessible stories. And so it wasn't, I didn't listen to them feeling like this could never be me. I listened to it and was hearing about Mark Philcott, who was homeless by choice for a year and got rid of all of his possessions. And I thought, huh, that's an amazing idea. And I would love to try that out. And But let me listen and see what he learned from it. Or learning about sabbaticals. And we, we hosted a lot of, or a few different sabbatical specialists on the, on the show this season. And I loved listening to people who are older than I am still have this drive to to travel and to be nomadic and to gain all of these worldly experiences even after settling down and having a having a full-time job and so it was amazing for me to think about the possibilities that are to come in a way that I got to listen to all these different stories from people with incredibly different backgrounds and yeah Absolutely. I always love people's stories, and that's usually what drives my selection of whether they're going to be a good guest. And, but I've always been, I'm, I'm really fascinated by the fact that 
a lot of the people that provide services for people in the global nomad space are global nomads themselves. And that what mm-hmm. drove them to starting their businesses was really, you know, this is missing. For example, like insured nomads. That was really, that came out of seeing so many people, who, you know, his wife was a, a nurse or a doctor. And, you know, seeing all these people that were really, you know, not prepared in terms of mm-hmm. health insurance when they were traveling around. It's like, you know, it's kind of a logical thing, but having been a nomad for years myself, I know it's really hard to find insurance that will cover you as, you know, sort of a consistent nomad. You can get sort of traveler's insurance for three months or something like that. But to have like a real health coverage is is a big issue. And mm-hmm. just understanding what those challenges are, but also recognizing that because it's a growing population, there are more and more services that really support this community. And they're generally started by people from the community because they recognize the need. And they all have great stories that sort of led to that discovery and led to the founding of their company. So like Live Lingua, that was mm-hmm. also a great one. And, and just, you know, he's living, now, I believe he's in Mexico City now. And a lot of them are in these cross-cultural marriages. And what does that mean? And I remember, you know, when I went over to study my first study abroad in Austria back in 89, 90, and when I left, my grandmother, your great-grandmother, said to me, you're going to marry a European. We're never going to see you again. Well, <laughs> I sort of laughed at her at the time, you know, I was like turning 21. And what, lo and behold, 10 years later, I married a Swede. <laughs> you know, go figure. <laughs> but I think, you know, the, listening to people's stories, and, you know, for me, that's part of what, you know, it was that one study abroad that really sort of triggered for me my passion for learning about other cultures by physically participating in them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was sort of the beginning of the end for me and that I, you know, became a global nomad in that moment and really discovered my desire for that and also my passion for connecting people across cultures. And I think that's what really drives my need for doing this podcast is really sharing what we all learn from the experience and figuring out how to all do it right, you know, and there is no right. That's really part of it, too. There's so many different ways of being a global nomad. But I guess, as we were talking about earlier, it's about doing it with no negative impact, I guess is the easiest mm-hmm. way to describe it. Um, you can leave a legacy, but have that legacy be a good one. You know, don't let have that legacy be, you know, destroying a, the space that, that you are in. And it's somewhat that, old, you know, you have that hiker's, you know, mantra of leave no trace. And really, today we have the opportunity, if we do leave a trace, leave something that is helpful. And whether it's just a an impression of kindness from your native culture or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary thing. But a lot of it is about respecting different cultures and even just being a general good person, good I think a big citizen. part of that, too, is... Coming in, I've gotten into a lot of conversations with friends that I've traveled with about, you know, how to responsibly travel. And I think there is, as Americans, we have this very internalized sense of we are coming in to be the saviors. And there's this big, a lot of kids go on service trips and it's laid out as these privileged Americans are going to come in and save the world for these, for these people. And that is something that I 
what I really appreciate about global nomad hacks is that that's there's no sense of that, and it's talked about. And I would love to have more of that in the upcoming season too. Of you know talking and getting really into depth about how to not even leave no trace, but talk and interact with these people in a way that doesn't scream, I'm coming to help you or poor you, or let me take pictures of me with you so I can look like I'm saving your country. And, and I would love to have more focus on that in the upcoming season too. I think that's such an important part of being a global nomad is really having a deep understanding of that. And and I'm still learning and we're all still learning about that. And, but I think it's really, really important. Yeah. But one thing that I really appreciate, I was going to say earlier about this past season is that everyone, you, you touched on this a little, Heidi, but that every, every interviewee had a, a purpose or a, something that they were helping other people do. And so even if they were talking about parts of their traveling lives where they were just traveling around and that was that. They also talked about, you know, how they took those skills and used them in, in 10 years later and helped out this group of people who needed who needed them or and almost every interviewee sort of identified a need of a community, of a group of people and worked on a way to fulfill that. And that was really inspiring to me as someone who would love to go into that field of work. Thank you. And, and I really, you know, I, I try, like I said, I love people's stories. And to me, the story has to have a purpose. And, and so a lot of the selection that we made over the, the past year in terms of guests was really sort of what purpose does it serve and how does it serve mm-hmm. our audience? And, you know, for those global nomads out there, you know, we're not just looking at sort of how to be a digital nomad, like how to, you know, hop on a plane and go sit in Bali. And of course, that's fun. And it's great. And there's but I think that, you know, it's also recognizing what is the impact on Bali? Uh, what is the impact on the community there? How can we have a, how can we do this and do it in a way that is really positive, but also, you know, gives us a great experience because obviously that's, you know, part of what we're trying to accomplish. But I guess part of it and part of the reason that I really enjoy bringing you on and, and the shared culture that we have is that we were really raised to, you know, when you go to a place, you try to leave it in a better state than it was mm-hmm. when you arrived. And that's not about like, I'm going to fix things. It's more like, you know, when you stay at someone's house, you clean up and you don't clean up just to like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my dishes and whatever, but it's, you leave it nicer than it was. And, mm-hmm. and if it was already nice, then you, you know, leave, you leave a bottle of wine or you leave mm-hmm. some flowers or whatever it is. But, you know, from a small scale, it's like that, but it's also when you're traveling, it's like, what do you do that can, can improve or can add value? And, and sometimes that's just a question of being kind and being, you know, being a, 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 good, a good person, you know, mm-hmm. noticing when someone needs help or, or noticing when someone needs space and respecting that. It's about respecting other people and respecting other cultures. And so I and think simultaneously, while traveling, I think there's this aspect of shedding the sense of self-importance. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest lessons that I learned because so often we help people to feel better about ourselves. And so that doesn't feel right. And so on top of sort of this goes hand in hand with the idea of being the white savior, it, it also, it comes with learning how to not value yourself more than the people that you're supposed to be helping. 
And that is a huge part of, of genuinely making a difference in other countries and in even other people's houses. You, you leave a bottle of wine, not because you want them to do that for you next time, but because, because you want to help them. It's the nice thing to do. I mean, exactly. it's just a simple, it's, it's respect and appreciation. Again, it's leaving the place better than it was when you arrived. It, it's mm -hmm. simply like that. And it's also, you know, it's when you show up, you never show up empty handed. That was the other thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, those are sort of the two tenets that were sort of ingrained in me by grandparents and parents of like, you, you know, you always leave a place better than it was when you arrived and you never show up as a guest empty handed. And when you come to another country, you come like you left the books. Like you never show up empty-handed, and you never know what that gift might be, but there's always something, and it's about being observant and recognizing where you can, you know, add value or do something mm -hmm. kind. And it could be just a note that says, thank you so much. And the other piece is also gratitude, just saying thank you and expressing appreciation for for what you see. So I'm really looking forward to this season and some of the great things that we're going to be covering. Some of them will be practical and boring, but I promise you they'll be fun and entertaining and you'll get some stories along the way. And then there'll be other things that are just great stories and interesting people that we come across. But I'm so excited to have you on board, Alden. We're going to have a lot of fun this season and so glad Global Nomad, you know, listeners and that you've stayed with us. And I highly recommend that you take a moment and go back and listen to some of the episodes from 2020. They may have been in quarantine, but believe me, there'll be value for you. And uh, <laughs> they might inspire you to see where you want to go in 2021 and further. Alden, do you have anything closing that you want to say before we wrap up? I don't think so. I'm, I'm so excited for what this next season will bring, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. And and hopefully, uh, if those of you have listened to her first episode with Alden, you will know that she is also an incredible musician. So hopefully we'll get some of her music along the way, too. We're hoping that Zoom will let us get synchronized at some point so we can actually record some things together. And mm -hmm. keep an eye out for, I want to just give you a little plug here. I know you just got back from doing some recording. Might we hear that in 2021? I did. Yeah, it's being produced right now. I just made a, a little, a uh, few songs, an EP, if you will, with some friends. And I'm actually about to be, I'm about to go right now to do some different recording for a musical, a virtual musical that I'm in. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming up for me. Wonderful. Well, we will make sure that when all of those go live, we'll put links in the hacks page from our, you know, we'll find a good place where you'll be able to find them because of course, everybody's going to want to hear those too, and I can't wait to share them with everybody. So anyway, it has been so fun doing our intro episode for 2021, and thank you for joining us, and uh, look forward to a great year. It can only get better from here, can't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Alden, and thank you, Global Nomads. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.